Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Conversations with My Dog with me, Marnie Jahangiri. This week, we have dog trainer and behavior expert, Caroline Mentes, to chat to us about the rise in the antisocial dog behavior and what we can do to train our dogs in the correct way. New research from Tails.com found that 46% of dog owners surveyed have had their dog bitten, growled at, or barked at aggressively. By another dog in the past two years, 36% feel the number of poorly trained dogs in their local area has increased in this time. 27% say that they do not trust other dog owners to have sufficiently trained their dog. Now, it is an honor to welcome Caroline on the show to learn more. Hi, Carolyn. So it's, uh, first of all, I wanted to say thank you for coming on the show. This is really, uh, you have uh, quite a lot of interviews back to back. And for me to talk to a be- animal behaviorist, dog behaviorist is always a kind of daunt- daunting <laughs> conversation because I'm always worried that my dog is the most antisocial dog on this planet because he's changed so much over the past years in age. Um, I guess that the most important thing that struck me from the report that I've read is uh, just here, as it says, small dogs have come out on top as being the unruliest in the park, 29% compared to large dogs, 17%. While the most common factors in experiences of antisocial dog behaviors include the other dog not being on a lead, being larger, and lack of recall training. So there's a couple of things that struck me, but uh, number one, what is antisocial? What describe antisocial for you as a behaviorist exactly? What does that entail? I think there's two sides to antisocial behavior. So there's the behavior that we look at in our own dogs and think, oh, I really wish they wouldn't do that. But it's more to um, how they behave when they're out in social situations. We've now got this crazy situation where there's three and a half million more dogs in the UK than there was 20 months ago. A third of households have a dog. And so we're meeting lots and lots of more dogs when we're out and about. And an awful lot of them just don't know how to behave in social situations because they've not been in them for 20 months. I mean, I found myself after the first lockdown growling at people in supermarkets. So I know how our dogs must it, feel. That is interesting. Now, I like this. This is where I'm coming from. You, it has a lot to do with ourselves and the dog. So the dog and the, the, the owner is completely connected. Is there any way that the dog 
is picking up your attention in a way. And that's therefore it's antisocial now, you know, because I am extremely antisocial at the moment with people and very, very negative when I'm in tubes and all sorts of things. It's just coming together socially again in a structure is difficult. Do the dogs pick that up? They absolutely do. One of the things we often forget is that we have we have our partners, our families, our work, our social life, all these things that we have. Our dogs only have us. We are the center of their world and they watch us so closely. Every single interaction they have with us is so intense for them because we are the center of their worlds. So absolutely, if we are stressed, anxious, worried, feeling insecure, or just are behaving differently to the way that we normally do, that's going to translate down to our dogs because our dogs look to us for security, to see how to behave, and just to see that the world's safe. And if we're suddenly giving off all those signals of the world isn't safe, of course our dogs are going to look to us to see how to behave. Well, that makes perfect sense now. So I just thought it's bad training and this and that, because sometimes you hear with behaviorists or dogger, it's training, it's a training problem. And I think, well, that, 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 that is a bit of a heavy, heavy criticism, because how do you train your dog properly to be social? What is the correct training? I mean, and dogs change, don't they? They change over the years and everything. I would say, so what I've noticed more, more or less, antisocial at the small dogs. Why? Can you describe the, what, what's going on with the small dogs? Why are they the most antisocial? And, and dis- yeah. Well, it's not so much that they're antisocial. What you have to think about is what the point of aggression is for a dog. And for dogs, all aggression is, is a very extreme way to make bad things stop or bad things go away. In other words, aggression is something that you don't do when you're aggressive or intimidating. You do it when you're scared, frightened, anxious, insecure, and that you don't have feel that you don't have any other choice. And if you're a small, tiny dog, there's lots more things out there that are going to make you feel worried, scared, anxious, insecure. And so we're more likely to see that in small dogs. And also because owners don't prioritize making their small dogs feel any less anxious, worried, fearful, or insecure, because aggression in something that size is a very, very different thing to aggression in a Great Dane or a Rottweiler or a big, powerful dog, where people will take it more seriously because they have to do something about it because the capacity for injury is is far greater. But we tend to think that aggression is something that comes because dogs are trying to be dominant or forceful or just are unpleasant dogs, when actually what aggression does for a dog is get them out of situations where they're fearful, worried, anxious, scared, and their owner very probably hasn't noticed because we're not very good at reading what dogs are telling us because we're a verbal species. We talk. That's how we get over our emotions and how we're feeling. And if we're feeling worried, we talk to people. Dogs don't. Dogs use body language, and we're often very, very bad at reading dog. It is incredible. So give us a, a few signs. What, what can we look out for if, to see whether something could escalate? The, the easy one, spend some time on social media um, at some point over the next couple of days and look at photographs that parents have taken of their children with dogs. And they'll be saying, look at this fantastic relationship my child has with this dog. And if you look at the dog, the dog is showing all the body language of saying, 
help. I'm really, really not comfortable. And this is really, really small signs. This can be yawning or licking their lips. I mean, yeah, okay, dogs are going to yawn if they're tired or if they've just woken up and they'll lick their lips if they've just had their dinner or had a treat. But if you're hugging your dog and your dog's yawning, they're not tired, they're stressed. And they're saying in dog language, you know what? I'm a little bit stressed here and I might yawn or I might lick my lips or lick my nose. Or you might just see the whites in the corners of my eyes. I try to kind of turn away from this situation a little bit. Or you see dogs leaning out while owners are trying to hug the dog. The dog's going, please get them off me. And as far as the dogs are concerned, they're saying loud and clear, I'm not happy, I'm not comfortable, I'm scared, I'm fearful, I'm anxious, I just don't like this interaction, I don't feel safe. And we happily just ignore them. Um, so we then kind of get really surprised when they say, okay, you're ignoring me, you're not safe now, so I'm going to have to escalate this behaviour to something a little bit more recognisable. And uh, with smaller dogs, they could start with a growl, like a growl, so probably just this internal growl. But that's, that's quite a long way down a dog's communication strategy. Um, it's just the one that we recognise first because it's the first time they've put it into words, in inverted commas. Um, so we've missed all the lip licking and the yawning and the turning away and the lifting the paw and the lying down and the walking away. Dogs would always rather walk away from a situation. It was Snoopy, another fantastic dog that said, there's no problem too big, you can't run away from it. And that's what dogs would prefer to do. But we either hang on to them or we keep them on a lead. And when we see a difficult situation, we tighten the lead because that's what we've been told. And so the dog once more feels that they can't show their natural body language, they can't diffuse situations and they can't walk away from them. So an awful lot of the time, we give them no other choice but to use a growl, a snap, a lunge or a bite because we've ignored everything else that they think they've been telling us loud and clear. Anytime somebody gets bitten by a dog, there'll always be somebody saying, I didn't see it coming. And I'm there going, well, they should have gone to Specsaver. Should have gone to... It's still very hard to reach out. So I always thought to defuse a situation or to keep the, the situation as lighthearted as possible, the dogs should remain off the lead when they meet uh, in the park. And I, my thing is, is that I, I always talk to the owner and then the owner hears my voice and we, we communicate. And it seems like it always calms the dog down if there's a bit of something going on. I don't know. Um, I always thought no lead is a good thing, but it says here it should be on a lead. <laughs> Did I get it all wrong? It's, it's two very, very different things. First of all, dogs meeting off the lead can show natural body language. So if you watch how dogs interact with each other naturally, if they can, they'll circle around each other. They'll never come directly face to face. They will always sniff each other, normally the bottoms partly because that's a smelly end and you can learn a lot about a dog that way, but also it's as far away from the sharp end as you can possibly get while you're discovering about that other dog. And there's lots of approach and retreat, approach and retreat. Sometimes one dog will dart away or be silly or go and run around. And so when, when dogs are meeting and interacting off lead, they can show natural body behaviors. However, we should actually reconsider whether our dogs should be meeting strange dogs or not at all. Because most dogs, we kind of think that natural dog behavior is that all dogs will naturally get on with all other dogs and want to play with them. And that's about as realistic as me expecting you to go into a supermarket and want to talk to every single person in there and interact with them and hug them and have great long conversations with them. 
dogs like us are selectively social. Most adult dogs, they're selectively social. They'll have a few doggy friends, maybe that they live with or that they've been properly introduced to, that they get on with, but they're largely indifferent to other dogs in the way that we are when we go out and about on our daily kind of daily day-to-day life, we'll ignore 95% of the people that we come across while we're out and we'll interact with the ones that we know and that we know we like and that we know are safe because we've been introduced to properly and we've had positive experiences with them. So my big thing is whether you are a person or a child or another dog, don't have the expectation that you should go up to and play with strangers because why should we have that expectation? We should be advocating for our dogs. We shouldn't be saying, yeah, go on and play with that dog that I've never seen before and I don't know if it's friendly. Because if you have a negative encounter at that point, your dog is going to start to think, okay, other dogs are unsafe and dangerous. And remember that dogs show aggression when they're feeling fearful, worried, anxious, concerned. And so all you're doing is starting to almost guarantee that your dog's going to start to worry about other encounters with dogs. We shouldn't be expecting our dogs, our children or ourselves to interact with strange dogs that they haven't been introduced to properly. Welcome to Mum's the Word, a brand new parenting podcast with me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles and all the other problems that come with parenting. I'm not going to be sugarcoating anything. It's all about truths, taboos and of course, celebrating the amazing highs too. Each week, I'll be talking about the journey of being a mum. For me, it's my first time, so I'll have some celebs and experts and you guys to help join me and hopefully figure out what on earth I'm meant to be doing. It's a podcast for all the parents out there, our very own little club. Hit follow now so you don't miss an episode. Mum's the Word, the parenting podcast with me, Ashley James, coming soon. It's the best parenting podcast out there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So it doesn't necessarily have to do so much with the lockdown thing and the attachment theory that we've become too attached to each other and too anxious. Because I thought that's why Robbie is a little bit more aggressive. Robbie's nine and he do, does tell off and he doesn't 
like to sniff everybody's bottom and he does occasionally and suddenly he wants to sniff a dog's bottom is very excited about it but the zoomie's gone everything's gone and I thought it's because he's too attached to me or maybe it's just Robbie and his character and he's nine years old and a nine-year-old dog might not be that interested anymore am I right is this is this am I going on the right line here there's all kinds of reasons about this and this is something that I get kind of quite worked up about because this is one of my passions at the moment um First of all, 20 months, which is where we've been kind of almost socially isolated, is a very, very long time in a dog's life. It's long in our lives, but for them who have much shorter lives than we do, it is a very, very long time. And, you know, as I said before, I've been growling at people in supermarkets after only a lockdown of a couple of months. So there is that use it or lose it thing. But the most interesting thing is dogs have lost, have missed out on socialization. So we've got three and a half million more dogs in the UK than we had before lockdown. So that's three and a half million dogs that have missed out on learning how to socialize with other dogs. And it's not the dogs like Robbie who are the problem. The problem is the overly friendly, crazy, bouncy Labradors, Spaniels, crazy dogs that come, that come flying over to dogs who are on the lead, like Robbie, who's probably being perfectly well-behaved and walking beside you. And suddenly he has this bounding mass of enthusiastic teenager who's stuffing their nose in him and wanting to play with him. And, you know, once again, if somebody came up to you and did that, you would feel really, really worried and anxious. And it wouldn't be you that had the problem. It would be the person who's just come up and been rude, inappropriate, and hasn't learned social skills. So what we have is we've got an awful lot of dogs out there who haven't learned social skills. It's not the ones that are there going, please go away. It's the ones that are bouncing up to people who are on leads, um, intimidating them at a time when they can't move away because they're on the lead or they're being too well behaved. Um, so I'm kind of with Robbie on that a little bit. Really? And it's interesting because I, I, I still jog in parks and Robbie jogs with me without a lead. He follows me like a shadow when I go up and down. He quite likes the jogging. We've done it for many years. And these new puppies that want to just bounce into my, my they, they literally wait and they, they have no idea that I'm jogging even. They just bounce in. And then I see this, um, these uh, new owners going, uh, Ralph, uh, no, Ralph, let's, uh, I don't know, whatever, it's fluffy. Fluffy, come here, come, come here. And they don't even respond. And then it happens one time, two times, three times, four times. The same scenario over and over. The dog will bounce in, into my shoes, into, and I'll almost trip over. And the person kind of does a sort of a semi-recall. Come on, Fluffy, come here. And of course, Fluffy's following us all the way right to the end and Robbie. And I can't believe it. And I say, when are you actually going to, I say, when are you going to step in? And actually, this can't. And that, that's the reason why Robbie is getting worse with other dogs is because he's had those experiences time and time and time again. The one that really frustrates me is normally that exact same dog. You'll have someone shout after them, don't worry, he's friendly which translates to mean I haven't bothered to train him and I have absolutely no control and I've just let him off the lead and I'm hoping to luck that he comes back. Um, and so it's so many owners are beating themselves up because they're there going, my dog's grumbling at other dogs. It's the fact that other dog owners, and I don't blame these dogs, I blame the owners who don't realise that, first of all, dogs, that is just rude dog behaviour. Um, 
if you bounced up to them and started grabbing them and hugging them, they'd be pretty annoyed as well because it's rude. Uh, so it's the socialization that these dogs have missed out on that they've never learned appropriate social skills with their own species. So we've got this great kind of antisocial, friendly, the sort of Tim Nice but Dims of the dog world who are bouncing up to everybody while the owners have absolutely no control. And the survey from, as you've said, from Tails.com, 65% of the people who have said their dogs have had aggressive encounters with other dogs, the dogs have been off lead and the owners couldn't get them back when they called them. If you teach your dog nothing else, teach a good recall, because that's the thing that's going to keep you, keep your dog, keep your dog safe and keep other people safe from your dog. And if you haven't got a good recall, don't let your dog off the lead and find a trainer or a behaviorist. We love people coming to us and saying, you know, I want to be a responsible dog owner. Teach me how to do it. Uh, you know, we're, we're nice. We're approachable. We don't bite. We're not antisocial. <laughs> and, and how does it work on Zoom and things? Do you believe in online training on Zoom and, and does it work? There's a couple of things. Um, behavior consultations. There's a difference between working with behavior consultations and training. So training is pretty much teaching the dog to do something. Behavior consultations of the dog is doing something that the owner doesn't want them to do. And you're looking to teach them to do something different in that situation. And for those kind of cases, Zoom is working fantastically well, because as soon as the, a trainer or a behaviorist goes into that environment, the dog's behavior changes anyway. Um, because you're a new person and you're a strange person and you might not be safe. And so the dog doesn't behave naturally. So as a behaviorist, we can't actually see what's going on. Whereas with Zoom, where there's that distance, we can. With training, we can help people. We can educate people. We can give them lots and lots of tips. But one of the things they then have to do is go out and about and put that into practice in the real world. Everybody can probably recall their dog across the room when you've got a treat and there's absolutely no distractions. But it's different to do that out in the park with other dogs and people and squirrels, which is the ultimate temptation. So it's about putting it into practice when you're training and making sure you can do it absolutely everywhere. And if you can't, don't let your dog off the lead. Is there a certain breed that is more aggressive? Do you believe in that? Is there a such thing as a, oh, but he's a more aggressive dog and things like that? I guess I know your answer, but there's a couple of questions here that I still want to go through. You I know. could breed in a tack pack of chihuahuas if I wanted to. Um, you couldn't take it very seriously because they're that size. Um, but any dog can be aggressive because of the fact that they have teeth and claws and can bounce up at each other, uh, at people rather. Um, some dogs the capacity for injury is greater because they're larger, heavier, more powerful. And so if they jump up at somebody, if they bite someone just by merit of their size, they can cause more injury. But are any breeds of dogs more aggressive? Since 1991, we've had the Dangerous Dogs Act, which prohibits four breeds that were said to be seriously aggressive and seriously problematic. The dog bite statistics have not fallen. In fact, they've risen since 1991. And so you can't say some dog breeds are inherently more dangerous. Um, if you have a big dog that weighs twice the weight of you, you should train them better and you should have control of them better just by merit of their size. But they're not going to be any more aggressive than the attack pack of chihuahuas or the, you know, 60, however much it is, 35% of small dogs that people that have done the tails.com survey have said are problematic. So no, you can't say that 
any breed of dog is more inherently aggressive. What you can do with dogs, and this is something that I'm always very, very passionate about, is if you want to know how a dog is going to behave, interact with you, play and be like to live with, is look at the jobs that they were originally bred to do because that's how they're hardwired. That's how their brains work. That's why Labradors want to carry things around because they were bred as retrievers. That's why Collies want to herd things because we specifically bred them to herd livestock. Um, So if you look at what your dog was originally bred to do, you're going to get very, very good ideas as to how, what their play styles are going to be, what their temperaments and personalities are going to be, how much exercise they're going to need. And that's a big one. One of the most the popular breeds in the UK tend to be the gun dog breeds. And they're popular because they get on with everyone. They get on with families, they get on with children, they get on with cats, they get on with other dogs. And people forget that these dogs have been bred to work all day, every day, and need massive amounts of exercise. Otherwise they become bored and frustrated. And a bored and frustrated dog is also a dog who is going to easily become antisocial. Because if you're expecting a dog to sit around for 23 hours a day and only sort of be active on that one hour you want to take them out, then of course they're going to explode out of the house and throw themselves on everything they see because they're just so bored and so frustrated and so glad to get out. And what about Maltese Terriers? Maltese Terriers were originally bred as a companion dog. And they're one of the oldest of the companion dog breeds. And the thing with companion dog breeds are we are the most important thing to them. We've not bred them to hunt. We've not bred them to kill vermin. We've not bred them to herd sheep. They wouldn't be good at it. And what we have bred is them to want to be with us and be companions to us all of the time. And so that comes with its easy bits and it comes with its difficult bits, largely you're the most important person. They're not particularly doggy dogs and they're not actually that interested in other people. They'll talk to other people and they'll be friendly to a point to other people, but you are the love of their life because that's what we bred them for. That's what we bred Maltese Terriers to do. If you want to look at potential behavior problems, separation problems for Maltese Terriers are going to be an issue because you are the most important thing to them and their world revolves around you. A lot of licking, 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 comfort licking, licking, nervous licking things and absorbing it uh, all the time. I think he picks up on just everything. But that's why he's so great in the yoga class, because we do the yoga together without me training him. He just hangs there. He's with me. So we did all these things together. But it, obviously, this has created a intensity. Um, and that's why it's good when I'm away from him for eight, nine hours that he goes with another group of dogs, of his mates, and has a day out with somebody else where he just bounces around with some other dogs and it's not all about me, somebody else. So I I think that's really good. That's why it's really important to do research on the breed that you're going to get because you know what behavior problems are going to come. Like, you know, separation is a thing. You know that focus on you is an absolute thing so you can work on it. It's the same as if you get a collie and expect them to sort of, you know, only do 15 minutes exercise. It's going to be a complete disaster. Research the dogs you get and then you know the dog you have. Caroline, thank you so much. I could ask you another five million questions, but we would love to have you back on the show. Anytime uh, you want, go to, the, go to the website. If you go to the tales.com website, there's a blog on there and we've got loads of resources and education just about these issues that we've talked about.
Thank you so much, Caroline, for all your expertise and for giving us the time. And we wish you a wonderful, successful day in educating more people on this subject of antisocial dogs. Thank you so much. On this note, nama paw, namaste, <laughs> and have a great day. Namaste, and I like nama paw. I've not heard that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Conversations with My Dog. Make sure to hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Conversations with My Dog to keep up to date with all of our latest news. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please, please leave us a review and a five star rating. It helps others to find us. And talking of spreading the news, please tell another person about the podcast and help us reach more people. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Nama Po. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.